Hi everyone, this is Scott Lutz, and today we are starting a new uh, series. Um, this is going to be uh, the Sermon on the Mount. It's a new uh, part one of Sermon on the Mount. Um, this series is going to be in addition to the uh, to the Sermon of the Week series, of course. But it's going to be uh, we're going to be talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Now, this was originally going to be a book. And, well, the book turned out to be a little bit too short. So, now it's going to be a podcast, and people can hear it. And maybe one of these days I'll go back to the rough draft and try and tweak it a little bit. Uh, maybe add some more stuff and instead of just doing the Sermon on the Mount. Um, maybe something about uh, sermons of Jesus, or maybe something about uh, parables as well. I don't know. We'll figure it out. God knows what he wants to do with with this project. So, let's go ahead and just uh, talk about this. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount is possibly considered the Ten Commandments of the New Testament era. Even though the Ten Commandments are still important and are still God's word, therefore these laws should be practiced out of obedience to the Lord God and not because we think it's going to get us to heaven. Jesus, Jesus, through the Sermon on the Mount, extends the law's meanings to give them deeper meaning. Jesus also teaches the church how to pray and ends the sermon with telling his audience that he is the true path to heaven. In this book, or sorry, in this podcast, I will show you how the Sermon on the Mount tells you how to live as Christians and disciples of Jesus during the church age. This sermon brings us nearer to to the Lord Jesus and improves our perspective on how to live as believers in a dark and challenging world. In this Bible study, let let Jesus help you grow closer to him and let him build you in faith and wisdom. So part one is the, the Beatitudes. So you can find that in Matthew chapter 5, 1 through 12. So let's go ahead and read the scripture first and then we'll uh, talk about it. So, um, the Beatitudes. Now, when he saw the crowds, he be- went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they are- will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who persecute because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you okay so let's go ahead and talk about this um so they what's going on here is uh jesus starts the sermon of the mount with blessings and so uh, we are going to examine the blessings 
And we are going to talk about uh, each blessing uh, of the Beatitudes. So uh, let's go ahead and start with uh, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. People may get this passage confused with income status, but Jesus is actually saying is to have a spirit of humbleness, not a spirit of pride, to have a desire to know more about God and a desire to to want more of him. A humbled heart will always have a desire and hunger for the Lord God and will never be spiritually satisfied. When a prideful heart with a prideful heart, we will never allow correction into our lives. We'll never allow God to come in and, and make changes that are necessary. The prideful have trouble being saved because they will not submit to humbleness. When we approach the throne of God, we need to have a humbled heart in order to have our petitions answered. The humbled seek God's grace for salvation. Therefore, they can be saved. Jesus is talking about those who seek his grace and seek him as Savior. Before we accept Jesus, we are poor in spirit. But when we accept him, we become our king and he becomes the king of our lives and our savior from sin and when he returns he will live we will live under his righteous rule number two blessed are those who mourn for him for they will be comforted everyone who know knows what it's like to lose a loved ones whether it's a child parent friend husband or wife some even grieve for, with the loss of a pet all of us have uh have and will have grief in this world of some sort. Divorce and separation can bring grief as well. But God is there for even those who have lost a loved one in this way. Anyone who has suffered a broken heart through Jesus is comforted. One day, one day death, grief, and all forms of, of suffering will be gone and forgotten. Death will be gone and there will be no need for tears, broken hearts with will be mended, and failures will be forgotten. Because when Jesus comes and the j judgment is over, there will be no more hell, which is spiritual death, and there will be no more physical death. Satan and his followers will be in the lake of fire, and, and the curse of sin will be no more. Revelation 21, 1 through 8, everything has brand will be brand new in the heaven and new earth and our permanent home. Jesus, the giver of life, the conqueror of death, will wipe away all the tears. And Jesus, along with the Father and Holy Spirit, will rule us in righteousness. We will never experience the pain of loss again, because the old will pass away and the new heaven and the new earth will be a place of life, not death. God will rule his his this new heaven and new earth and he will be our god and king forever we can receive god's comfort now if we accept jesus today blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth let me scroll down on this for a minute the word meek is sometimes confused as someone who is weak however in god's eyes it is the opposite to be meek is to be satisfied if someone is meek, they don't focus on earthly gain. They do not use God to gain earthly riches. They praise God in all conditions. 
Job was meek when he praised God through his suffering. Job one twenty one through twenty two. Someone who is meek does not have regret or claim loss when they when things don't go their way. A meek person will say, "Let God God's will be done." They will not get angry with the Lord or turn away from Him when things go wrong. They will take a knee and pray instead when darkness comes. God will reward the meek for standing firm through all that, through it all. Number four, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. People who are self-righteous end up judging others. They claim that they are better than the other person because they do not physically do the sin. However, Jesus tells us that no one has the right to be self-righteous. When Jesus told the parable of the Pharisees and the tax collector, it was the self-righteous Pharisee that that God ignored and the repentive tax and the repentive tax collector that God blessed. Luke 18:9 through 14. It is inside the human heart, inside the mind, where sin originates. A person thinks about the sin before they actually do the action. Remember, Lucifer was kicked out of heaven and became Satan because of his pride and self-righteousness. Isaiah fourteen twelve through 15 As followers of Jesus, we become righteous through the grace of God, through his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Excuse me. It is through God's grace and gift of salvation and our repentance who makes us righteous, not our good deeds and works, even though we are still not perfect, because our flesh produces our sinful nature. Seeking repentance and God's righteousness makes us right with God, since we are not righteous through works, but by God's grace. No one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 10. 5. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. When the human race sinned in the Garden of Eden, who deserves God's justice? God has every right to destroy us and to start our out fresh. God did not did send the flood waters later on, but he spared Noah and his family, so the human race can continue. Then God sent his son, Jesus, which was ultimate proof of mercy. The fact that God has spared a race that deserves destruction and will spare us in the future, even after Judgment Day, shows how merciful God is. God spares us because he is forgiving and gives us a chance to repent of our sin, shows God's mercy. God's but God also requires us to be merciful as well. God expects us to forgive those who sin against us. God wants all people to come to him and be saved. We are God's, our Christ's representatives on earth, and even though we cannot be perfect like this, like Jesus, we are to remember that we are to follow in his footsteps and do what he does. The mer- more merciful we are to our brothers and sisters in Christ, and to non non-believers the bigger chance we have to introduce introducing Jesus to the unbeliever the world needs salvation they need it more than anything 
But if we don't treat others like Jesus wants us to treat them, we will not encourage people who don't know Jesus to follow to follow Jesus. In showing others mercy, God will show us mercy. Number six, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Purification of the heart can only be done through repentance and through the salvation of Jesus Christ. God, good deeds, religion, ethics, all these things cannot pure our hearts. The junk in the heart is what causes us to sin. It is the desire that causes us to think about sin, and the thought causes the action. When he comes to Jesus, then the Holy Spirit enters us. Once the Holy Spirit enters our hearts, we understand that sin is because of the conviction we receive. When the Holy Spirit dwells within us, Therefore, when we have the right Holy Spirit ruling over our hearts, we have righteous thoughts instead of sinful thoughts. Purely purify our hearts can only be done by a sinless God. Therefore, through salvation and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, God no longer looks at a sinful people, but we are considered righteous because God has made our hearts clean. We are also cleansed of sin in the eyes of God. That is why we are blessed for having a pure heart, because now we have eternal life with him. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be sons of God. This is number seven. When Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus is not referring to people being against war. A peacemaker is not a pacifist in any sense of the scripture. Being a peacemaker is someone who promotes the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus Christ. They introduce Jesus so they can be saved. The gospel is the message of peace, and though Jesus will, we have true, and only through Jesus we will have true peace. When people accept Jesus and become His disciple, we don't just become friends and allies. We we become brothers and sisters in Christ, spiritual brothers and sisters. We are equalized through as members of the family of God. Through Jesus, we can call someone from another country or another family our brother or sister. Being a witness for Jesus is being a peacemaker, and there is no true peace but through him. Number eight, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for their sins is the kingdom of heaven. All around the world, people lose their lives. Their jobs are thrown into prison or camps and even disowned by family, friends, and even their spouse. They are sometimes even suspended from school or college. But God blesses those who stand firm despite the persecution. Jesus continues to talk about persecution while closing the Beatitudes. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecute the prophets who were before you people who do god's will and share the gospel knowing the cost sorry (coughs) are the heroes of heaven there are men there are many who hate in church who gain more power all the time despite the world why persecution? God has not changed the mission of the church. Our mission may be difficult, but it is not impossible with God leading the charge. And if we stand firm, 
we will too be the heroes of heaven. So that's all I have for you today. God bless you. Let's go ahead and pray and close this up. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message. I thank you for everything that you've said. Thank you for the blessings of the Beatitudes. Thank you for reassuring that if we follow you and stand firm, we will be blessed. We thank you, Lord, for everything, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.